1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces is supported by NCARP. You have the power to influence the future of how architects are educated, trained, and licensed. Take the analysis of practice survey today.
2: The city is finally digitizing you know, they got into like a $70,000 plus contract with some consultant to basically digitize all of their planning applications and all of their permits and everything. You know, it's, it's if you can imagine, probably truckloads of paper. And so once that happens, then they need to decide how do they make that information sortable, you know, organized, accessible to the public. So this is you know, that's just one jurisdiction, but it's it's pretty pervasive throughout the country, country, country.
1: Hello, my name is Demetrius, and you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. So no matter your background, I think you'll enjoy today's conversation. Today we'll be discussing a system and company called Symbium. In short, it's a system that streamlines regulations. Now for our specific instance, uh, to give you a little bit of a background and basis of understanding, from an architect's perspective, when I'm doing code analysis for a client, it's a pretty lengthy process, and you can either go in two routes either going into the city, calling the city to speak with a planner to find out exactly what you can and can't do for a site. But that's always not a great route because it's difficult to get a hold of people and waiting in lines and whatnot. Or you can do it on your own. And in that process, I have to locate a zoning map for a city, which can be difficult in itself to try to find on a city's website. From that point, You scour the entire zoning map of the city to pinpoint where exactly the property that you're interested in is located. On that map, it shows different zoning designations, which identify your property as residential or high density residential, commercial, etc. You use that designation to then refer to the municipal code. The municipal code of that city lays out all the rules and regulations of that city. So you use that zoning reference or designation to check the municipal code to identify within your zone what those restrictions are that you may run into. So that's setbacks, height limits, lock coverage, those types of things. And this process overall can take a few hours to get through. Now on the flip side of that, in this conversation, we're going to discuss Symbium, a system where you go in, type in the address, and it immediately pops out all of this information. So today we're going to dig into that with Layla Beni Jamali, the co founder and CEO of Symbium. Today I'm joined by Jason as we discuss Symbium, what it's all about, benefits, its current use cases, the future of the system, and much more. Jason, we've had. I don't even know how many conversations now about ADUs and housing issues and whatnot. And uh, this next guest came across my my eye, got my attention, and I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so uh, I'll let her describe it a little bit better than I know I can. Um, so please help me welcome the CEO and co-founder of Sympium. Layla, Benny Jamali.): Layla, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks, Demetrius. Thank you so much, and it's great to be here uh, with you and Jason.
1: The company just really um, blew my mind when I saw it. Uh, so before we jump into it, Layla, can you just give us a quick uh, bio and, uh, and then you can jump into Symbium a little bit and tell us a little bit about the company.
2: No problem. Yeah. So bio for me is, uh, you know, among many things, I was a tech lawyer for many years and I uh, was awarded a fellowship at Stanford where I met my Stanford co-founders. You know, the reason I got into Stanford in the first place, well, got the attention of folks at Stanford is because I had, as a lawyer, come up with an application that streamlined, automated the Delaware incorporation process for accelerated growth companies. So I was kind of standing at the top of this funnel, watching these different kinds of companies form and really automating that process for them so that they wouldn't have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to law firms to generate documents that were quite tailored for their purpose. And I pissed off a lot of lawyers in doing that, but I also <laughs> caught the attention of some folks at Stanford who you know, really loved this concept. It was this group called Codex, which is this intersection between the law school and the computer science department there. And uh, uh, one of the directors of the program introduced me to his PhD student. Uh, the director is Michael Jenezareth, who is one of my co-founders, and his PhD student was Abhijit Maupatra, who both of them became uh, my co-founders. And uh, Abhijit, of course, now is our CTO. And at the time, they were working on this technology at the computer science department uh, that they hadn't commercialized yet, but it was particularly good at one thing, and that was creating what we call computational law or comp law web applications. And all that means is, the laws and regulations could be built right into the application so you didn't have to riff through pages and pages of laws to understand or pay an expensive consultant a lot of money to understand what your rights were. And uh, we decided to launch this particularly in the government space because government is the largest industry on the planet and within government planning because planning is uh, the core of every city's activities. And so we decided to create this new way for anyone to understand and visualize whether, and a very, very niche use case, whether an ADU could be built, an accessory dwelling unit could be built on any property. So, you know, we launched that for California, for all California properties. And you go to the system, you know, you type in an address and it'll tell you whether an ADU can be built on that property and you can literally draw it in. You can drag and drop from different designs that other vendors have uploaded, you know, uh, ADU developers or architects, and you could move it around your property and it'll tell you exactly where it can and can't be. And it'll measure the setbacks for you. And so we just kind of launched that to see, do people like interacting with these types of systems? And it turns out, yes, they did. And so we decided to take that concept and extend it to other types of things. And so that's our work at Symbium is to really streamline the regulations, really streamline data and search for the public.
0: Dude, all in. That's basically that's basically putting power back into the hands of like a basic person. So you're kind of like peeling back the veil. It feels like, of uh, you know, uh, to your point, when you're looking at like I'm going through plenty of legal stuff right now, and you're looking at contracts and it, I mean. I'm lost 15 sentences in, right? And so it's just <laughs> hidden amongst all this stuff. So to be able to look at something and say, hey, is this applicable to me or not in an everyday person scenario is huge. So that sounds amazing. I love it. And
1: even from an architect's perspective, it is a nightmare of just having to go through all of the planning documents uh, or zoning code and just to identify you know, what the setbacks are height restrictions square footage is allowed and all these different things to be able to go and just type in an address and easily quickly see what the setbacks are and can it be there or not there's just like a checkbox uh i checked out the um the website and it's just kind of a checkbox of can an adu happen here or not you quickly see it it's just like a no-brainer so i love it
2: good yeah
0: it reminds me of don't take this the wrong way if if it's not so just tell me (laughs) it's not but like um, it feels very similar to what like LegalZoom did to a lot of things, like helping people set up businesses and that type of stuff. You literally can go and say, "Here's what I want, pay a fee," and then they just take care of everything behind the scenes. and You don't have to do anything with it, more or less. Is it kind of would it would it do that to some construction? And it, I mean, does that that's a is great that analogy, Jason?
2: Yeah, it's a great analogy. You know, it's it's very interesting that you say that. Uh, LegalZoom is one of those companies that has done a great job of producing. Documents and filing it on behalf of individuals and particularly small businesses, particularly uh, individuals who maybe want to you know form a, a living will or a trust mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know it's not intended to replace the type of work that very large law firms do for ma- major you know companies or or uh, businesses that are more advanced or very very complicated situations where you need very high touch. But that's exactly right. Another example, uh, and it's for the public. That's you know you've s- spot on. That's our main user is the public. Super cool. uh, another example is TurboTax. They took the IRS tax code, and that's exactly what, you know where I want to kind of deviate. Is LegalZoom did not do uh, incorporate the computational law component of it. They were really just generating forms and filing them for you.
0: Facilitators, yeah,
2: yeah. But but it didn't include the legal analysis on. What you're required to do, or what you're allowed to do, so that you can input the parameters and see in real time if I answer this way, this will have this will be the effect, right? And so, you know, TurboTax, I think, is another example of you know taking the IRS tax code, like I was saying, incorporating it into the workflow. So as you type, you get instant feedback on your tax obligations. You know, the difference is, of course, with TurboTax, you have to complete that process A, B, C, D in that workflow in that order. In our case, you can start from, from the end and go backwards. You know, It doesn't require you to do a particular workflow in a particular order. You are in complete control of how you want to start and how you want to analyze your project. And I like to call it Google Maps of planning where you visualize the property and the project and you get turn-by-turn turn directions as to what's possible on that property.
0: Super cool. Love it.
1: And one of the other features that I love, uh, I think you mentioned it, Layla, is the sort of database that you have of existing ADU companies and, and architects. How is that relationship work? How did you guys kind of fill that database out? And are you just sort of letting anyone, any architects come up and and propose to be added to the list?
2: Yeah. So there's an application process. You know, we started. So how we started it was we, we were participating in sort of on the ground floor of a lot of meetings around ADUs. ADUs was a very new concept in California. The law just came out a few years ago. And so there was no one who really owned the space. And so we came and we said, OK, now's the time to build a property portal with specifically addressing this growing market. And we started to participate and be invited to participate in different uh, working groups by, you know, ADU developers or even nonprofits who were very much interested in promoting this idea of affordable housing in California, where there is a bit of a housing crunch, a a deficiency in housing, and listen to the conversations and, you know, start to see that where there's there's a, a way for us to allow these vendors of adus whether it's architects developers or contractors to upload their designs and make them available to the public anyone can do that for free you know if you want to upload more designs there's a, a fee to that and it gives you access to other things but essentially it's a freemium model and there is a way for us to vet you know these uh, architects and developers and contractors there's an application process basically requires people to um you know include their uh their license information, and you know, make sure that they're in good standing, and you know, they've had some experience with uh, this type of development. But the response so far has been overwhelmingly positive. And what we've done is by allowing those designs on the platform, the public can then select the one they want and just connect with the ADU provider directly. There's no kickback to us or anything like that. We just make the connection. They can take it offline. We don't care. But the idea is that it puts a lot of control back into the hands of the public. You know, it feels like I now have control because I can understand and do it myself. And that's what computational law is all about, especially important now where people are doing everything remotely, where people expect everything from their interaction with uh, personal computers and where people are demanding more transparency and control.
1: And then you mentioned that you guys are in California uh, right now. Have you basically tapped into every city throughout California, or are you still kind of working your way through completing all cities in California?
2: Uh, we've covered all properties in California. There's challenges we're still working through in certain jurisdictions, but for the most part, we've covered most, almost all properties in California. Well, we've covered all properties, but we don't have data for every single property. And that gotcha. that is largely a a data problem uh, that, you know, a lot of counties simply don't maintain that data or the sources we're using it don't have that data. You know, I was reading in a local paper, it was in Carmel over the uh, the weekend and I was reading this paper called the Carmel pine cone. I can actually show you here. <laughs> <laughs> and in it on the first, uh, the second page, it was about, you know, how the city is finally digitizing you know, they got into like a $70,000 plus contract with some consultant to basically digitize all of their planning applications and all of their permits and everything. You know, it's it's if you can imagine, probably truckloads of paper. And so yeah. once that happens, then they need to decide how do they make that information sortable, you know, organized, accessible to the public. So this is you know that's just one jurisdiction, but it's it's pretty pervasive throughout the country. The data is just going to continue to get richer and richer as as we have access to more digitized data.
1: Yeah, I know. I've dealt with a number of cities where <laughs> it's like you have to you have to go in to find out anything. There's no jump on our website and download this. Right, it's a, it's a nightmare process. So I couldn't imagine <laughs> you guys having to try to capture all of this into one uh one location
2: and i mean you guys are in the industry you've probably seen city sites that have you know some kind of property mapping system on there that maybe i mean this these are the the cities that are really advanced you know and then you can kind of search for an address and get some information about that property but then so what does what does that have then you have it's on you to connect the dots between that and what you can actually do on the property so it's not super helpful in the end.
1: Let's take a break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. Have you heard of NCARB? It's the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards, and they wanna hear from you. Yes, you. NCARB's analysis of practice study is your opportunity to shape the future of architecture. Participate in this industry-wide survey to share your experiences and insights from working in the AEC industry. Your feedback will help guide changes to what being a licensed architect looks like and impact how architects collaborate with other professionals in the future. Again, whether you're an architect or work with architects, NCARB wants to hear from you. So make sure your voice is heard. Contribute to the analysis of practice study today. Sign up at ncarb.org slash aop. That's org slash aop. And now let's get back to the conversation. How quickly do you anticipate you guys will expand outside of California?
2: I think it's gonna be happening pretty soon. I don't have a timeline for you, but we're very interested in doing that. We we've already on the back end uh, let's just say we've developed a lot more than we've released to the public.
0: It's just exciting to hear that because D, to your point too, like in dealing with the cities and stuff, it's a nightmare, no matter what side you're on, whether you're the contractor or the homeowner. So to be able to get a lot of the guesswork done you know, ahead of time um, and at least know what your course of action is and what can and can't work, I mean, that cuts out a lot of that anxiety um, and a lot of time. I mean, it saves, it. you know, a lot of people don't realize it's going to save a ton of time being able to do it that way. So uh, I'm excited to play with the model.
1: Yeah, I mean, to that, to your point, Jason, just for example, you know, when I'm doing code analysis for someone, just some cursory information, that's probably a couple hours of of research to to look through all of those documents. And when I looked on your website, Layla, I looked up some random address and it was literally seconds <laughs> and everything was there. So I I couldn't imagine how much of a time saver this is for a professional, um, let alone the power that it gives back to the homeowner.
2: That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, part of it. It's not just about, you know, search, but it's also about that that search experience, first of all, has to be really intuitive for you. You have to be able to find exactly what you're looking for. Answers, not just links and documents that you can find (laughs) when you go on Google. That's not helpful. You know, you really want answers. This is my problem. What's the answer, Right. So the other part of it is is, uh, data. You know, you want to have a unified experience of all of the data relating to that property, right? You don't want to have to go to multiple different websites to find them or go to the planning counter, God forbid, you know, and have to talk to someone, you know, and then finally services. It's not just enough to have, to be able to search for what you want or even to have comprehensive view of your data, but the power to update that data and to do something with it, to, to transact, to submit a permit application. So those three are essential components to the ideal user experience that people should have when they're doing a construction project.
1: Yeah. On the grander scale of our industry, there's there's conversations about the building industry and, and problems we face. And one of the big... Obstacles that we face is that we're all so siloed. So every single city has their own codes, which is which is a good thing. Um, but every everybody has a different marker of how they sustain that information, how they enforce that information. I really want you guys to succeed because that's a step towards bringing it all together, and you can uniformly cross check and see how people are doing things differently and sort of understand quickly through this one uniform system, how everything works. And we can start to look at things across the board and elevate those that may not be, be there quite yet.
0: Well, a lot of, a lot of what I hear too, right? So, you know, we have kind of a background on what it may take to get certain things done, right? Just because you're in the industry and stuff like that. But let's say, um, you know, a friend of yours or whatever is looking to go say, Hey, I I got a granny that needs to come live with us, but I want to do whatever. They have zero idea where to start. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they know nothing for the most part. Like they have no idea and you're putting your trust into somebody else to supposedly run all these things and whatever. So to have, you know, and I I hate the term, but it works so well to have a dummy down version for somebody to your point, Layla, where you're like, look, it has to give you information and tell you like, because they don't know how to navigate. So to say, hey, does this fit here? You know what I mean? Based off where I let, yes. Okay, cool. Or no. And then you start playing around with that to understand it from a very granular perspective and a simple perspective is huge because I would even argue a lot of the contractors people deal with can't even answer most of those questions. You know what I mean? So they have to go to a city and try and figure out what works and what doesn't work and why not. And that whole process is so um, uh, labor intensive. And we all know contractors aren't the greatest at getting back timing wise to buyers and, and everything else. So it cuts out a whole lot and can allow you to really streamline the process. I think you said that earlier, because you already have a plan of action in mind when you start moving forward. I want this. It fits here. It handles all, you know, all the requirements from the jurisdiction. Build X. And you can even hook up with somebody that may have already built that one or whatever it is on your site. I mean, it's tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous.
2: Yeah, I mean, thank you. You know, that that's exactly you know the premise that we started with. You know, I'm a homeowner myself, and I I don't know you know if I get an assessment in the mail of my property for the purposes of property tax, and I disagree with it. How do I even appeal that? <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of problems. That's just one example, but there's a, a lot of problems that you know I think the public has become uh, comfortable with or uncomfortable with, but they don't know how to to address it. You know, and so. Symbium's mission, you know, its vision in the long term is to be this government relationship manager that allows people to have total control over what it is they want to accomplish relating to their property, relating to other aspects of their lives, and to basically make it easy for them to accomplish that. You know, laws and regulations themselves are, in our view, the major bottleneck in getting things done. You know, it's why there's so much red tape at the planning departments. You know, I, oh, man, I
0: preach, keep preaching. Go. Yeah.
2: You know, so it takes a long time to process all of these applications. And a lot of these planning departments are understaffed and, you know, they're underfunded. And a lot of the times it's not their fault. When we talk to planners all the time, they want to get these projects approved. It's not like they're intentionally trying to get in the way of, of homeowners, but you know, the red tape makes it difficult for everyone to do their work. So here we come along and we have, you know, one of our enterprise applications, uh, plan check it's called and we basically just sold it into 10 cities in the uh in california they will basically they'll be using it internally to process applications much faster and so as a planner receives an application they input into plan check the project scope and our system will instantly filter through all of the regulations in the zoning code that applies to that project and serve it up to that planner so in some cases it'll automatically say complied with, not complied with, requires further review. So it's basically taking that work of a planner and creating a lot more efficiencies around how they do their jobs.
1: That is huge. Uh, I I this is like overwhelming for me because I'm dealing with an ADU right now in a in a city that is horribly slow (laughs) and if they could use this system to just quickly answer questions um uh, it would be amazing
2: they can tell them about symbium yeah it's funny demetrius one of our earliest partners we've partnered with a lot of cities to incorporate their regulations you know to customize that particular city on our map for them And one of them is San Francisco. And in San Francisco, the planners use it at the counter to respond to public inquiries around, can I build an ADU on my property? You know, how far does it need to be set back? What does it need to look like? How high can it be? How many square feet can it have in total? What about on the ground floor? Does it require any parking? So on and so forth. And so even at the counter, they'll tell the public, you know, hey, uh, you should try Symbium and it'll get you so much farther along in your application process and will make you such a smarter, more informed member of the public before you actually decide to do your project, before you bring your application to us. Because a lot of the problems that are at the counter actually result from applications being filled out incorrectly by the public. And so our system allows that it attempts to eliminate those errors.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a huge benefit for, just the entire relationship, because I mean, we everybody knows we're going through this housing issue. Uh, so a lot of people are considering whether they're adding an ADU for purposes of housing family members or to get additional income. Um, it's a great opportunity for one. But going through that process, people can be more informed and they can know right up front whether they can do it or not do it or What the limitations are if they are able to do something before even engaging with an architect, but for a homeowner to just quickly get that uh, their question answered is just phenomenal. Um, what do you guys have coming up next?
2: You know, it's a great question. So I think from here, it's going to be all about trying to understand more of what the public wants, really kind of honing in on what should that user experience be. I think that's going to be our main focus is, you know, when I talk about the life cycle of this is what a project looks like from start to finish. And our primary user is going to be that, the public, the homeowner, you know, the individual contractor, the real estate agent, this individual who's trying to perform this project, do this work. You know, what do they really care about? And right now we're, you know, focusing on the uh, feasibility of it, you know, we're going to be launching more and more sort of the, of that type of functionality in, in other cities. But we also are going to be functioning the ARC launching the ability to submit permit applications right on the platform. And uh, that's actually already available, but we're, we're going to be expanding that uh, pretty soon. So yeah, really proud to announce that.
1: Very cool. Thank you so much, Layla. Um, Symbium dot is where everybody can go. Any other place that would be good for people to follow along with you and Symbium?
2: I think that's it. You know, there's a, we've got a YouTube channel. We've got a bunch of videos of uh, uh, you know how to use the the system, and also uh, interviews with vendors, architects, developers, as well as some of our city partners that talk about how Symbium has become really transformational in their work and their lives. So. Uh, you can check those out on YouTube, but otherwise Symbium is it. And, you know, hope you guys enjoy it and looking forward to coming back here and joining you soon.
1: And then we'll add a link to a very cool video that kind of gives a snapshot of what Symbium is, how do you use it and all the tools and things. Uh, so we'll have that in our show notes. But thank you so much, Layla. Really enjoyed the conversation. Love the product. I will definitely be using it going forward. Uh, thank you again for joining me, Jason. Thank you to the listeners for listening. We'll talk again on the next one. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, you help us keep this show going. Thank you to NCARV for their support of this podcast episode. Visit NCARV.org slash AOP and contribute to the Analysis of Practice Survey today. Thanks again for listening. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon.
3: Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders. Get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLamey, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.